What is up, everybody? Welcome to Roll for Persuasion. I'm your host, Andrew Richardson. This is a very special edition episode of the show, and we will get into why in just a second. But first things first, if I sound a little frazzled, it's because I just spent the last hour clicking and clicking and clicking trying to get uh, my chemical romance tickets for my wife and I to go to a show and relive our junior high dreams. So I'm on a bit of a, uh, a ticket purchasing high, but I'm, I'm happy to report that uh, I was successful. I managed to overcome all of the bots and scalpers out there and get tickets. So I am now husband of the year, at least until next week. But anyway, enough about me. Let's talk about the show. Uh, as you know, each and every week, I'm bringing you awesome conversations with creators in the D&D and tabletop space. We have awesome guests on, and today's guest is no exception. Before we get to him, though, let's knock out some quick business. Again, you can support the show at patreon.com slash persuasion, where we have all sorts of cool backer incentives. One of the cool things that we've started recently that you will hear today is what we like to call the zone of truth. Uh, which is just a dumb name that sounds cool, where at the end of every episode, you get 10, 15 minutes of of extra exclusive one-on-one content that no one else gets to hear on the show. So if you're interested in that, make sure you support on the show. You can get the special podcast link and you can hear those bonus bits after every episode. The show would not be possible without support from our awesome sponsors, the first of which is Talon and Claw. They make really awesome handmade wooden accessories for gaming. I have one of their dice vaults in front of me right now that I just got in the mail yesterday. It is Wenge and Paddock, and it looks fucking badass. It's got all my dice in it. It's super cool. So make sure you go to their website, talonandclaw.etsy.com, and if you use the code ROLLPERSUASION at checkout, you save 10%. I get a little bit, so you get something cool for yourself and you support the show which is awesome. Our second great sponsor, who I also love and backed on Kickstarter and my mini is in the mail, is Eldritch Foundry. They make awesome customizable miniatures for your D&D tabletop games. You can select your races, your your outfits, your weapons, your pose, your base, whatever you want. Get it all customized, 3D printed, and sent to you. They're eldritch-foundry.com. They're adding new stuff all the time. Super awesome. Big fans of them here on the show. And again, you can use my code ROLLPERSUASION and save 10% at checkout and you support the show again. So if you do all that, I appreciate it. And really one of the best ways you can support the show is to leave us a review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. It lets uh, the fancy Apple algorithm know that people are listening and it shows it to more people, which is just kind of a compounding snowball effect. So you leave us a review, we get more listeners who leave reviews and so on and so on. And eventually I'm bigger than Critical Role. Uh, At least I assume that's how it happens. So, fingers crossed for that. But as I said, we have a very special episode today. Uh, We have a returning guest. I'm going to call him a friend of the show, because I feel like if you've been on the show twice, I get to call you a friend of the show. Uh, So that's what we're going to do. Very excited to be joined again. Has it been twice already? Twice already, I know, I know. Okay. You are are the the guest with the most airtime on Roll for Persuasion. So, that of course is the voice of the one and only Ivan Van Norman. What's going on, man? Hello, hello, sir. Yeah, that's uh, it's that's that's interesting to think about that um that this that two times two times makes friendly. So you know, <laughs> well at least until we raise the bar, we'll grandfather you in once we've raised it two, no, dude, three, I, four times. You you don't understand. I have I have a I have a integrity in which to maintain. Now, if anyone else is has twice on the show again, I'm gonna have to come and keep beating their inevitable score because there can only be one. <laughs> you have to maintain, you know, king of the hill position, right? King of the opposition. It's that it's that metagaming part of me that's like, oh wait, my, my number can be the highest. I can be number one in <laughs> you, something. You're telling okay. me Satine's been on the show three times. Oh fuck that! I'm coming back. <laughs> and now here's your business model: is how can you right. hit your guests against each other in order to claim the most amount of role for persuasion time it, possible? It very quickly becomes so. the world's weirdest uh, reality TV show. <laughs> <laughs> now streaming Valid. on Twitch. Please check me out and subscribe in the uh, link below. I had a I had a silly idea one time for a um kind of a pseudo uh, I, I don't want to call it it's it's more of a mockumentary um uh Spinal Tap or Best in Show ish kind of a reality show that centered around a Big Brother that had um that had the gods in it. So it's like an American Gods meets Big Brother kind of an attitude <laughs> right. where um. The gods are just hanging out in their Seinfeld-esque single room, but um, you know the people who are watching it on the Twitch channel, uh, they 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 can decide who they want to give fealty to inside of the actual stream itself. Right. So you know Loki has his followers and Hera has her followers and and however however much the 
viewership is going towards a single god or not is they have then powers that they can implement upon their fellow deities in order to to screw with each other it's so kind of like a hunger games-esque a, like gifting of uh of you know different benefits to the uh to the gods that can yeah, impact so what's going on in the room of, there's a little bit of a game to it but the game is like oh i get to throw a pie at you loki because you're right because you're a dick this week kind of an attitude you know so <laughs> see i love that idea because that could totally work right i mean you, you take kind of almost the premise of uh you know what is it like tales from the magic tavern or whatever the the podcast that's completely improv you have celebrities come on play the different roles of the gods people are tuning in because you know they love seeing felicia day as like artemis or whatever right and uh right. yeah it's great you should you should pitch it and tell them that you have my support and okay. that will make all the difference because that's how Hollywood works. That is. Sometimes you just need that uh, that inside door action. And I'm mm-hmm. just going to, as they say, I'm just going to put you on the deck. So Hop know. on my coattails. Let's go. <laughs> oh, yeah. Man. So, uh, so yeah, I hear so you've been watching a show lately. I have been watching a show and, and I am uh, watching it. I, I started this show before you told me about what you have coming up, but I've been continuing it because of that. So uh, we're here today because we're talking about Altered Carbon, but more specifically, not just the Netflix show, we're talking about Altered Carbon, the role-playing game, which uh, I I hear you you have a small hand in. It should be happening right now, um, depending on how this and where this drops, but the... Uh, yeah, we, I, long story short, um, a good buddy of mine, um, basically we are having conversations, um, at, uh, a kind of wind down at a convention and, um, he's been doing a lot of really great work, Joe LaFave, um, when it comes to, you know, helping big brands get in touch with tabletop people. And, um, he's just, he's just a great human being. We met at like a Gen Con trivia night, like four years ago and found that we were both in LA and just kind of became fast friends. Um, but he just one day was like, Hey, you know, I've been chatting with this company evolution, you know, altered carbon is, is looking for some tabletop opportunities. You down? And I was like, yeah, I'm a down. I'm totally down. Cause I read <laughs> like, why are you even asking? I'm already here. Right. I mean, I read the books in college originally and kind of went into it and, and listened to it specifically on audiobook. And then as soon as the series came out, I, I was really excited because I heard that they were going to be doing a lot of um, that they were spending a lot of time with the source material. And that kind of that kind of got me excited. Like just like everybody else, I'm always excited when the thing that I've already participated in gets a new interpretation. But sure, it, yeah. But you know, it's it's it doesn't deviate from its tone and mentality. Like I'm all for new stories. Like I don't need a I don't need a shot for shot Lord of the Rings replay, even though that part was that element of the books into the movies was wonderful, but it is nice to be able to have someone interpret the vision of what I had on going on in my imagination and put it on the screen. For so, sure, yeah. Um, and yeah, so the, when the show came out, it, I really enjoyed it. And then um, when we found out that we had an option available to it, my first gut reaction was like, yes, that sounds awesome. And then my business part of my brain went, wait, stop, <laughs> stop. And then the next question was, okay, well, is it getting a season two? You know, right, sure. And once we learned that it is getting a season two, we're like, okay, then we're definitely in. You know what I mean? Because it would be silly to put out a game that isn't continuing to be supported down the road, sure. as far as the show goes. But once we heard that there is more plans for Altered Carbon down the road, we were one hundred percent in. So, give people who haven't seen the show or read the book um, what is kind of the elevator pitch, the the basis of Altered Carbon, the kind of universe that the game will be set in. So Altered Carbon is a neo-noir cyberpunk series put out by Netflix that's based off of um, a book series. And the the neo-noir element of it kind of changes a little bit of the dynamic of one of a lot of the other cyberpunk stuff that's coming out, that's come out already. Because neo-noir really had been really established in cinema and like the Blade Runner era and that whole like idea of like dark, you know, um, twenties noir, but put into a sci-fi world. Um, you know, the, the series and the book, the first, first season and the first book in the series really leans upon 
a uh, individual who acts as a private investigator inside of the the new San Francisco or now Bay City, um, which is part of the UN Protectorate. So we're about 300 years in the future in the world of altered carbon, and we have gained uh, access to technology that has allowed the entire human consciousness to actually be put into what's called a cortical stack which is a, think of it like a tiny hard drive that you plug into the to the you know the base of your um your skull there and should your body ever die well you can just remove the cortical stack and just like plugging it into a new tower you know just popping a USB 3 cable into it <laughs> right. you can boot yourself up into a new body which are now called sleeves which is so just so unfortunate world. when you you know if you last for a long time you reach the point where oh they've upgraded it's no longer usb3 now it's it's thunderbolt or whatever and you also you have to get an adapter and a dongle and it's a whole thing that's <laughs> a whole it's a whole ordeal yeah but the the dhf which is digital human freight technology um is is basically we came up with digital human freight but we were we were we were able to put those into new bodies with a cortical stack from technology that we discovered from from millennia old um, fossils that were found on Mars. Basically, there's you know a bunch of uh, ancient fossils on Mars that show that there yes there are Martians, but like the dinosaurs, they died out you know millions and millions of years ago. Um, so the uh, it's an interesting concept and it's fun because it's not it's not the first time that like. Um, Resleeving has been explored in role-playing games, um, like uh, a a a transhuman horror sci-fi horror RPG called Eclipse Phase um, borrows from a lot of different stories and media, and Altered Carbon is one of those things. And so they have a sleeving technology that's in that game. But what Eclipse Phase and Altered Carbon are kind of doing separately is, is that while Eclipse Phase is leaning very much on like a, hey, here's our interpretation of what um, transhumanity is down the road, and it's dark and it's terrible and things want to kill us, right? Altered Carbon's much more about what are the choices we make and what are the consequences as a result of those choices and bringing in that noir attitude around it of like, what are the social uh, repercussions of when immortality is now a reality? when you can basically live forever because your cortical stack can be placed into bodies down the road? And how does that create a divide in a time span that is not too far from when we looked at like the 1700 or the 17, you know, uh, the 1710s, which is comparable, right? Yeah. right? <laughs> like So when the, around the founding of our nation, how does that world look comparable to now? And then take that same extrapolation and put 300 years in the future. You know what I mean? Sure. So yeah. it's fascinating. It's and it's and it's uh, uh we're calling it dystopian because we're not we're not all saying that it's a great world. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Um but it's but that's also just a, a part of the, the storytelling, right? Like if we look at the future and decide how we want to make choices then it'll it, it will um inform us on how we make choices now. You know what I mean? So yeah. As we say, welcome to the dystopian uh, neo-noir cyberpunk world of Altered Carbon. So it, it's a lot to take in, um, but the more you dig into it, right, like the, the concept and the conceit of the, the show and the book, um, like the more interesting it gets, like you're saying, and, and the whole development you would assume and expect around the, you know, the re-sleeving um, that kind of separates class and, you know, financial situations, like like economically, it's a very interesting. Oh, cate cataclysmically, yeah. it, it divides whole, class. Whole yeah, industries built yeah. around, you know, this whole concept, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, you know, obviously if you if if you accumulate wealth and power and you use that wealth and power in order to extend your livelihood well guess what you get to accumulate more wealth and power and compound interest takes on a whole new meaning at that point a right whole new, yes compound exactly that's a really good way of putting it so yeah it's the societal equivalent of like an immortal god so they are literally you know these people are sometimes treated but as with all as with all things we are human and in season one of altered carbon that is without getting into too much spoilers um it does it does say that at the end of the day we are still human even if we have lost so much of our humanity from resleeving constantly um there is still there is still choices that need to be made that affect humans so yeah so yeah i'm 
So in the, it's on in the Kickstarter. Game. Yeah, yeah. So sorry. Let's both talk at the same no, time saying, for the next hour. Let's, on, <laughs> let's just let's just keep uh, rambling yeah. onto it because uh, I I really honestly it's it's funny. I do love this show. I do love this series. And this is as Hunters Entertainment. This is our first dip into the licensed world. So we're both um, excited and uh, and and interested to see you know how how it does. Frankly, so. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't imagine kind of the excitement and anticipation. And, and like you said, um, listeners, when this episode drops, uh, assuming everything goes according to plan, the Kickstarter should be live. So where can people go to check out the Kickstarter and see it? What's, a, what's the best link for them to the get more easy, info? The easy way to do it um, is to do alteredcarbonrpg.com. That's that's why we get a easy. beautiful vanity URL to yeah. make things like this so easy. Alteredcarbonrpg.com. Um, and the fact that I am giving this to you in you know supposedly i'm talking to you from the past dear listener out there uh, i want you to understand the um the angst the anxiousness of of knowing that this campaign is going to launch when you're listening to it now and having no idea as with all things because no matter how much you do a kickstarter and i've done a lot of kickstarters over the years there's always that wonderful kind of nervous energy that comes up to that's not that's not unlike when you know people who have been on stage before. It's like right before you go out on stage to an audience for right. the first time. You know. Um, yeah. So what has what has the process been like getting to this point? How long have y'all been working on it? What has the development been like? You know, who in the altered carbon universe have you been working with? Like, spill all the beans. We we announced it last year um, when we Skydance approved it. Um, then basically said, hey, we can make we can make this announcement. Um, we signed the contract a little earlier than then, and we've been in kind of in cold development ever since then, without a whole lot of information. Mostly because we just wanted to make sure that everyone was really happy and comfortable with what we had presented and put out, and to be able to put into it. Um, when you have an original concept, you know it's a lot easier to be able to share information out because you're the one controlling the message. But when you're sharing that message with another partner especially a partner who you know puts out shows like um terminator and you know uh the new top gun and altered carbon sure like, these yeah are, these are not small properties you know um you really want to make sure that you're on the same page um with everyone so uh as a result we've been going into development but it's i checked the i checked the manuscript the other day um it's it's ninety thousand words uh which is a uh, coming out in manuscript about or in layout at about 300 pages or so. Oh, so yeah. it is not a small book. Um, but the good news is, is that it's not a small book because it's chocked with lore. It's chocked with stuff that, you know, borrows from both the book and the series and showcases a lot of ways in which to, to participate in that world. And it has a whole, like half of that book is just how to run, um, uh, noir style, noir style campaigns in your role playing games because we we kind of are set up our our GMs for, um, you know, do you want to run noir or do you want to run action? Well, here's a whole list of tables and and inciting incidents and things that you can start the, start the process in because frankly, if you're going to run a noir game, you probably aren't going to know who done it when you begin the adventure, and sure, that's. Yeah. That's kind of the joy, I think, of doing noir in RPG is, is that normally you either have to script it out so much because you have to have your red herrings and you have to have your gives and your various clues and your suspects and your and all of these different elements that come into place when you do like a Holmesian or, you know, old school 1920s noir storyline. Um, but, you know, it's really hard to plan for those kind of foils. Um and also have a player who doesn't want to get railroaded, right? right yeah. And so a lot of the focus we had done in storytelling on this is how do we make it so the players and GMs feel like that they're experiencing a noir storyline, but they're also not being railroaded in just experiencing the story that was written on paper because someone put 20 hours into um, scripting it out perfectly. So it's 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 different it's and i that's what i like about it is is that as a gm i can basically look at a list of foils and a list of red herrings and and i can just basically make a list of clues and as my players are going through their campaign i can decide where how and when i want to put these clues and and devise down the road if one of my suspects actually becomes you know the uh, the mastermind around it all or sure. if they're just a red herring you know yeah yeah 
Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's the storytelling stuff. The the mechanic side is is. And, and that was um, going to be my question: Is did you develop a whole new system for this? Did you kind of yeah. work off things that you've you've liked before? How did that come about? Yeah, no, it's a it's interesting because it's altered carbon is a perfect merger of our other two games that we have out right now outbreak undead and kids on bikes it shares a skill breakdown that kids on bikes uses where it's basically your die type is equal to how competent you are in a skill right. but like outbreak undead it's not about the big dice are the ones that that are the better skills it's actually about rolling rolling low in the game so a D4 is the most powerful dice in the game because you're trying to roll under your target number in this. Okay. And, um, and, and as a result, you have triggered abilities. So you know how sometimes when you're doing things like an athletic checks or, you know, a composure check or even just a brawl check, you know, there are these like, okay, well, what does this mean? Well, we actually have triggered, triggered effects that you can spend resources on and you generate those resources by having the difference between your target number and your die roll like for example if i'm my gm asks for a brawl check and my brawl stat is a d6 all right but my target number is a five okay well i've got to roll under a five in order to succeed and the difference between my die roll and the target number is how many degrees of success i generated so if i rolled a three um then i uh, and my target number was five, then I've generated two degrees of success, which now means that I can use those little resources in order to do things like okay. um, specific abilities, like jump you know, a certain distance or brawl with a special item. Or maybe I have a weapon that has a special ability that's unlocked with a triggered effect, and so I can use that in order to activate my vibro knife in a brawl combat, you know, stuff like that. So is it so somewhat similar just, to like like a video game where you, you know, you're, you're landing combos and that's building up your special meter and then you can kind of unleash that? Is it, is it kind of similar in that kind of concept or is it, um, more, am, am I missing the point? It's more along the lines of it. If it is like a video game in the sense that if you have a if you have a really strong success, you can decide how you want to parse that out rather okay, than just gotcha. kind of having like having a critical role, like having a, 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 a rolling a natural 20 and then being like, OK, well, glad I rolled a natural 20 on my, you know, on my on my perception role. Right. You know, or you, like you my expression really picked role. that lock. You Normally know? you would just OK, and, pick the lock, but you got a 20 and you really picked the lock. And you really picked that lock, right? So, yeah. you know, and there's narrative ways to do that in the game, but we actually put it to a value where it's like, okay, well, not only now you can activate other triggered effects as well, too, to kind of make that um, make that exceptional role special. And on the flip side, too, it makes failures that much more exceptional because now you're kind of like you're having to kind of decide how you want to resolve your failures more than it's just a binary success or failure, gotcha. you know? Yeah. So, um it's interesting. It's different. And, you know, that triggered effects and abilities mostly apply in a combat situation. There still is, just for pacing's sake, there's still just a kind of a generic binary succeed or fail as well as, as far as skills go. But um, the game also acknowledges and understands that that because everybody's human, but everyone, but you kind of have more experience the older you are in this world, that we have something called stack points, which... As you put them into your character, you actually get to upgrade your various skills as well as attributes and even getting some in-game bonuses just by using stack points. So uh, uh, to use other role-playing games as like a comparison, it's like having a giant pool of bennies that you can use to bump up attributes, sure. uh, skills during um, character creation or getting bonuses during the, the actual game. So. That's, I'm sorry. I'm just. I'm just going for it, man. No, I'm no. Rambling. This is this is this, this is the stuff I love, and and I think that people will be interested too, because um, it gives them kind of a good background and idea of what they can expect. So you mentioned combat. Um, some systems and some games, you know, maybe like Cthulhu or something, are maybe less combat focused, or combat is inherently riskier. What kind of balance did you kind of come to with this game, as far as 
the level of combat you know players might be able to expect from an average I'd say it's game. Pre- I'd say it's pretty similar to Cthulhu as well too. I'd say the only difference is, is that everybody's a bit of a glass cannon, and depending on how much you know, and that's tech based, right? Like any yeah. any person can wield a sun jet, but the the sun jet is probably going to eviscerate someone um, if you use it. And it's just the difference between how good you are with that energy weapon. It's just the um, the capacity of which you you uh, the likelihood of which you will eviscerate someone with said sun jet. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Um, so then in the game you have uh, you have a damage threshold, um, and that damage threshold kind of determines how much damage your sleeve can take. Uh, and that any time, once you start reading a, re- reaching a certain point in your damage threshold, and if you're taking and if you're taking more damage, you can actually opt out to go straight for organic damage and have your sleeve die, but have your stack be intact. Okay, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's kind of it's almost like folding in a game of poker, where you're like, oh, I can keep going, or if you're like, nope, I'm out, and then you can you can fold and the good news is is that if if your body goes unconscious or dies and you get resleeved it's less likely you're going to suffer ego damage when you're resleeved just you know narratively think about it like <clears throat> if you know i'm having my head blown apart point blank with a shotgun that's a lot more traumatizing to wake up from that moment into a new sleeve like we're talking in the span of seconds like one minute you hear a gunshot and everything goes black and the next minute you wake up on a table like that's i mean that that's no no processing time no therapy just straight from traumatic death to awake again trauma to awake and that will that 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 ego point loss is what that is a result of versus like oh my god i'm bleeding out this hurts oh god okay and then you kind of know you because you're processing what's going to happen next yeah in your mind um as you're going into the transition from one sleeve into another so you know we we like to basically give players the option to um, opt in for organic damage versus real death, um, hoping that you know their comrades will be able to carve out their their stack and be able to pop them into a new sleeve down the road, you know. Yeah. So so let's let's talk about resleeving then, because <clears throat> excuse me, it's a it's an interesting concept that you know is mechanically very different, say from like resurrection or something in in a D and D game, right? So I guess two questions. One. How does that work in, you know, in an interaction? Say you're in a combat with an NPC. Can you say, you know what, I'm going for their stack. I want to take them out permanently. Um, Is that an option? And then two, how do you kind of deal with the time stretch, right? Because like you said, in in a world where you can constantly re-sleeve yourself, um, time has less of a meaning. So then how in the game, how do you kind of give that sense of, you know, longevity, if you will, to the players? Right. Well, that's why we don't actually have age in the game we just have dhf age and okay. really for yeah. us it's like what kind of sleeve are you in and how old is your dhf if your dhf is older you're going to have more at least a character creation you're going to have more stack points in which to do character creation for but you know the game can ostensibly do a time jump not unlike in the world of altered carbon where you know they have zero issues just zipping a hundred years in the future because if okay, you have yeah, a character yeah. who um is on ice because they did an awful thing and rather than going to prison they just have your stack put on ice and you awake a hundred years later well your dhf's not any older because your cognitive memory it hasn't aged a day right but now you're a hundred years in the future and what's that like <laughs> yeah yeah that's crazy <laughs> But the uh, the to kind of answer the question though about how how combat isn't going for real death and things like that. Real death in Altered Carbon is akin to murder in our world. You know, it's it's you know, um, it's uh, it's kind of grounds for erasure, which is erasure in the in the um, the world of the UN Protectorate is. You know, we slag your stack and we get rid of all copies of your of your DHS, wherever it may be, because that's the other point, too. In this game, you can legally or illegally back up your consciousness somewhere. So even if you go off on a suicide mission, um, you know, depending on how long ago your sleep, your your DHF was was backed up, you could you could as long as someone pops you back in, you can you can come back in like nothing happened, you know. Um, and that's just the difference is the thing, 
The difference is, is that this isn't something that's just done kind of flippantly because sleeves are like, sleeves are kind of like a new car, you know? So if you go and take your Porsche, you know, and you go run it into a building because you wanted to take down the building. Well, that's great. I mean, you took down the building, but now if you want to go and get a new car, well, how much did that Porsche cost you? And if right. you want another yeah. one, well, you have to, did you pay off that first one? Okay. Um, Cause you might owe money on that now, on addition to whatever you need to be resleeved back into the game very, and the world is very aggressive about being like, you know, people do have multiple bodies and people can have, multiple consciousnesses spread spread across in various different storage places but it all costs money power and influence right you know and um things like double sleeving which just means that there's two different copies of you that, that exist in the world at the same time is very illegal but people do it you know sure. because they they can and because if it goes to their ends and means it just means that if you get caught having a double sleeve you're you're going to potentially go straight into erasure so you better not get caught kind of a situation right um and if you want to put yourself into a low level synthetic sleeve you're probably going to have to deal with a lot of the issues that come with the fact that you you know your body probably doesn't have sense organs or it may not have any kind of mode of touch or anything like that um but you know at least your birth body's not going to get mucked up sure, right yeah so there's it's it's interesting man yeah, it just yeah. opens a whole new world of possibilities in gameplay that haven't really been touched or if they've been touched it's just been on a very minimal level because this is not a game in which you just throw you know clone after clone after clone at the enemy because i you know someone's got to pay for that shit. Right, right. <laughs> and, and it's not as simple as like, uh, you know, again, going back to D&D, like, oh, I'm just going to roll a new character and uh, and they just come in. Maybe they're a level behind everyone else and we just keep going. Like there are, there are consequences to that uh, quote-unquote resurrection, yeah, right? Yeah, you can roll a new character too, but I, the, I think what makes this game fun is the consequences of death and how that plays forward. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. If you die and... It's not just, oh, I can get a new character and boot back up and we're back in the party again. It's like, well, what does that mean in the story? Yeah. And in this story, what is that what does that move forward with? You know? It's it's different. It's it's different and it's interesting, which is why we're so intrigued by it that uh going to living in a world in which people wanna do good things or they wanna they wanna tell good stories and um but at the same time the consequences are so fluid in what can happen after you die, but it's not without consequence. So, yeah. So from a gameplay, yeah, 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 yeah. from a gameplay standpoint, then, um, oh, and I just completely blanked on my question. Oh, here we go. So from a gameplay standpoint, uh, how, how does like quote unquote leveling work and, and skill development? Like, right. if you then resleeve, like, like, are you starting from zero? How, how do you handle all of that nuance? So your stack attributes, which is empathy, willpower, acuity, and intelligence, those all move forward from sleeve to sleeve. So investments of stack points in the stack attributes do not go away. You will suffer ego damage, you know, from re-sleeving, sure, sure, but you're not going to lose any of those points you move forward. Your sleeve attributes, uh, that, that depends, you know? Like if you spent a long time training with a combat knife, like cognitive days in which your DFH is aging and you've been building muscle memory with that combat knife, then, you know, and you get re-sleeved into a new body, well, all that muscle memory is out the window. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's gone. You might still remember what it is to do a movement to do that kind of thing, but it's not going to be the same as that body in which you you trained those specific strength and perceptive attributes around. Yeah. It's it's like, it's like when you played sports in high school, I'm just going to use myself as an example. And then you come back and try and do that 10, 15 years later. And you're like, you know what? I remember being able to touch that basketball rim and my, my mind tells me I can, but when I go and try, my body goes, Nope, that's not, that's not something that happens anymore. Exactly. I mean, you've got it nail on the head. So, um, leveling up 
is very much about yeah the stack moves forward but the sleeve is different and this the the compensating element of that is, is that sleeves can because it's a neo-noir cyberpunk sci-fi world they can get augments and they can get tech integrated into them whether they're a whether they're a synthetic sleeve or what we call natal sleeve which means it's like still womb grown or if it's a clone which means it's actually like synthetically clone from your dna you know yeah, um yeah. and uh that's 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 interesting <laughs> yeah for sure um and the, but there isn't any traditional levels in that way so really that's why the stack points is the currency of which determines your your experiences and puts it into the game and we did this in Outbreak, too. We called it Gestalt and Outbreak, but it was basically a way to take your practical experience and apply it to your character so that by the time you have zero stack points left, you actually feel like that all of the experiences um, your character have had is accurately represented on your character sheet. And if you want to save some, just bank it for you know situations in the game which which you feel like you might need it. Well, then by all means, go ahead. Because that's we all we all don't know what we need always, and that's part of the of it being a game. You know, sometimes yeah. you don't know what you need, or if your character was good at something until you're in that moment. You know, so um, totally. yeah, there's well, no levels though. The only levels in this game are wealth levels, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which feels like an accurate kind of reflection of the of the world itself. Sure. Yeah, because we don't want to nickel and dime people of like, hey, this thing costs a hundred credits. You know, it's like this is this is what your character has access to. Yeah, yeah. Um, at at wealth level one, wealth level two, wealth level three, and depending on what your wealth level is, you can have access to those things above or below. But if it's above your wealth level, you're going to go into deferral, which is just enough a nice way of saying debt that you can't you can't pay for anything else for a while because you bought something above your credit limit, so to speak. Oh, well, what's going to happen then to all the players who love to uh, nickel and dime every barkeep for a, for a free drink? Uh, well, if they have wealth level one, then that might be important. But the the idea being that you you still have credits in the game, and credits do exist at a wealth level. Okay, gotcha. Um, you know, but they, they they tend to be free. You know what I mean? It's like you don't if you can right. use these okay. credits, then you don't have to roll depletion, um, which is uh, a way in our gear to determine if you've run out of something. Because when you have stuff like energy weapons, you may not know whether you have five shots or ten shots, and not everybody is you know archer who can just count their bullets all the yeah, time okay. so when you when you use a weapon that has a capacity whether that's a gun with an ammo or it's a credit chip <laughs> that can pay for a certain amount of money you're going to roll depletion and uh, as soon as you've hit above the target number of whatever the capacity is then you're just out that's it no discussions you know gotcha. it's yeah. not like i have 20 dollars left on my on my um gift card right. it's like no you're just out Right. And we, we found that that's a lot, that's such a, a quicker way to keep pacing moving on this without having to, like you said, nickel and dime every silver piece for a barkeep, which, you know, might be fun for that one person interacting with that NPC for that moment, but doesn't always keep things going. Totally. That makes sense. Well, let's let's shift gears real quick and let's talk about the Kickstarter itself. What can people sure. expect as far as rewards and experiences and, and kind of everything yes. going on there? Yeah, so uh, we have a lot of stuff, and you know what's what's been really cool about this Kickstarter is that we've been ha we have the capacity because this is kind of like a licensed RPG yeah. is that we have some products that you just can't get anywhere else. Frankly, um, even if you even if you wanted to, like a, a prime example is is that we're making a Hello Unicorn backpack, you know, yeah. from the first series. It's that pink backpack with the little kind of you know, hello character on the front of it, which was just, you know, very, very much an iconic image in the season one show. And we're going to make that official licensed backpack as part of the um, Kickstarter campaign. And that's going to be our game carrying case. So you're not going to get that um, at a hot topic or retail right. or anywhere else except for our Kickstarter is where it's going to happen. And then um, we do have some fun, unique elements like uh, aluminum dice or aluminum dice which is um they're black light dice and uh, the game has in the combat has a a uh initiative mechanic where you're actually bidding individual dice with numbers on them but you okay. don't have to reveal them to the dm 
kind of a situation. Well, kind of so fun. you don't you you can kind of take dice that you want to put forward, and the DM will take their speed dice and determine, and then you're both both going to reveal who gets to go right. first. You know, um, so to kind of play into that a little bit, these black light activated dice allow you to put a blank dice in front of you without having to cover it or hide it, and then all you have to do is just take out a black light pen and go boop boop. That's my that's my result. You know? <laughs> I, I like that. I like that um, drama. Yeah. And they're fun. I mean, even just even just having that kind of unique thing on the table is just kind of a fun piece. So we have we have a set that's explicit, explicitly used for speed dice, and then we're also going to be making a premium set with its own jewel case for a set of d a set of dice as well too, from everything from a d twenty down to a d four. Just just in case you want your own set of aluminum blacklight dice, and these are provided by Level Up, so you know that they're going to be the best oh, quality because awesome. yeah, Level yeah. Up dice makes the best. So. And um, we have a, like our standard GM screen, which is just, you know, what you can expect when you pull up a, you know, standard trifold or quadfold GM screen. But we also have uh, hand handmade wooden dogmite screens. These Valhalla yes, yeah, I'm looking at a picture so right now. No, they're so cool looking, and it's and we're calling it the Song Spire GM screen, and it's basically inspired by that blue tinted wood that is the Martian or just alien wood that is featured in the game as well or in the show as well too, and it just has a, a unique kind of relief design on it, and everything's magnetized like it has its own, um, you know, dice tower and you know, uh, shelves in which to put minis and um, you know mag rare earth magnets to put notes on it and it's a gorgeous screen that's going to come in at like our real high level i think that's coming in at the um the, 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 the 500 level but that gm screen alone is a 400 msrp item so you're basically getting everything in our package um that's a 400 value gm screen but you're also for just that extra hundred you're getting everything we have which is our game reference cards posters uh, a cortical stack challenge coin which is helps determine initiative in the game um the carrying case the backpack like i talked about and the limited edition series of the book which is uh is going to have a <laughs> uh, saying the word it's going to have a sleeve <laughs> <laughs> it's literally a book sleeve that looks like a cortical stack and you can see oh, very um, cool. our, our uh, amazing cover model erica ishii um like through the cortical see, stack i thought that itself. was erica i was like man that looks like erica ishii I, I, but i don't want to ask that on the air and then be wrong so i'm, I'm glad you said no it. yeah it's it's yeah Eric Ishii on the on the standard edition which is you know the big book that we're putting together and then the sleeve edition which is this um, metal foil printed cortical stack looking book sleeve that has the limited edition book inside of it so you know yeah, uh, yeah I mean it's we're I mean true to the world we're running a a fun little premium here but at the same time um, it's uh. It's it's just it's just great. It's just a different kind of bit. You can still come in on a digital space and just receive a copy of the book on the PDF or just the standard edition of the game. And we are going to do our stretch goals. And I won't talk about what a whole lot of our stretch goals are because, for all I know, some of them are unlocked by now, or or maybe not. But the um, but we do have things like a folded city map that we're going to include in uh uh in stretches or in in tiers moving forward um we are looking to bring out a new source book like we have we have several source books planned for stretch goals as well too and the first one is going to be a regional supplement called osaka which surprise um explores the world of altered carbon in the un protectorate in the city of osaka and okay. i have an amazing writer um aki benson who uh, you might have known through like Eric Campbell's um, yeah, yeah. Uh, like series and and they're an amazing um, RPG player, but they're also an amazing writer as well too. And they've spent some time in Japan, quite a bit of time, and, and has um, a lot of personal experience with Osaka and they're a huge fan of the series. So we're really excited to have them come on board and basically write the regional supplement for Osaka. And then we have a live play plan. Yes. You know, because yes. Hunter's Entertainment, what's you know, we we're known for like we're a live frontier and Saga's a sundry, and it, we would be fools if we didn't want to actually do a live play. So, um, and the only thing that I will say is is that you you will certainly know people um, who we have lined up to be the cast on this, and um, uh, might even go so far as to say you've had them on the show before. So, 
you know um so yeah and if we have them on yeah, again then they'll be friends of yeah. the show <laughs> i make them friends yeah. of the show. <laughs> so i i know That's you fine. i know you can't give away too much about the live play so tell me if i'm asking too much but uh, i i assume you have already thought about this a lot like how you want it to look and how you want it to be are, are you thinking something along the lines of that kind of saga of sundry immersive interactive kind of uh kind of experience yeah, so the Saga of the Sundry full immersive experience is um, is that's a that's a difficult thing to ask, and it really is going to be about how far we stretch. You know what I mean? Because the, that kind of a show requires a pretty sig- significant budget. Sure. Um, but I am looking to try to do something that is I can't do a show without it having immersion inside of it. Like it's right. just impossible. It's just impossible for, for you at, at like a bone deep core level. That's exactly. I have to have some kind of um, thing that really helps bring players into the world. So, and that is really going to be hinged on just how far we stretch. Because if we just get kind of like the first episode off the bat, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not going to have limit less resources to work with than if we keep moving forward and forward and forward with it. And you know, I think we've all seen, you know, whenever you have a animated or digital series um, that is tied to a Kickstarter, the more the the farther you go, the farther you're going to get. So sure. um, I'm I've been already talking with a few people about where it could be and and who might want to host it and having some of those conversations already. But but right now, um, if people want to see the live play with you know cast members that um, I'm planning on bringing to the table that are are, are going to be that are already are super excited about this project and we're just waiting to see what happens and then being able to bring immersion elements into it like you know i have i have so many stupid ideas man like <laughs> I, we're I talking like it. holograms oh man you know we're we're talking like again leaning into black light and trying to find like various black light elements yeah costumed npcs like uh, actually killing go. actors in the show and resleeving <laughs> them live. and resleeving them yeah no uh, or and just like um, playing into the world of simulspace because simulspace in the series is like a virtual world. And then yeah. what does it look like to be in, in simulspace versus in the real world? And what is and what happens if a character uh, suffers organic damage and has to get resleeped? You know, I mean, there's a huge part of me that's like, OK, well, that means, you know, what happens when um, I have someone like um, – you know, Sax Carr, who's playing in the game, and then he suffers organic damage and dies in the game. But now the only sleeve we on hand we have on hand is a Becca Scott. So now right. Becca Scott has to play Sax Carr's character as Sax Carr in a new sleeve. Yeah. You know, oh, and, so trippy. And yeah. So that's the kind of stuff that I think is just exciting for yeah. me. But you know, how much we're gonna be able to do is gonna be determined on how how much we can unlock as a result of the campaign. Well, I have no problem shamelessly plugging excessively because I need this to happen on a personal level. So uh, for my sake, I need people to just blow this out of the water because I want this show uh, almost more than I want the game. I'm excited about the game. I'm going to back it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I can't the imagine show, the craziness that you have in mind. So <laughs> I'm uh, I'm I'm stoked. And and it is it is frankly, it's something that I'm excited about as well, too. My 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 development team has been spending a long time on this book, and I'm so proud of everything they've put together. Um, but now that we're getting to that point where we're actually delivering the book, my brain, my creative brain is now like, OK, well, what's this? What's, what's this look like in transmedia? You know, kind of an attitude. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, man. Well, well, tell people again. I know you said it earlier, but uh, what was the website again where they can go check out the Kickstarter, which is live now? Live right now. It's alteredcarbonrpg.com. And uh, go check it out. At the very least, if you can't back it, I totally get it. You know, not everyone has a crazy disposable income on these wonderful hobbies that we enjoy um, all the time. But uh, a share is just as valuable to us because we just want to get the word out. Um, the the season two of the show is going to also be dropping in February as well, too. So even if you just let people know that, hey, season two is coming out, did you like Altered Carbon? Oh, or that's great. You like Altered Carbon? Well, are you into RPGs? You'd be so surprised how many people are are fit that Venn diagram perfectly, or if they don't. Sure, yeah. If they don't play RPGs, but they really like the series, they just might like it because there's a whole bunch of beautiful lore, unique items, and who knows? Maybe you can get someone new into the hobby industry because of their joy of this series. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, well guys, uh, that is altered carbon in the world's smallest nutshell, but I hope you are excited about it as I am. Uh, definitely make sure that you go check it out and, uh, man, dude, I'm, I'm pumped. I'm, I'm really excited for this to, uh, to go live and to back <laughs> well, it up. Thanks. Nothing compared to what you're feeling. I imagine. <laughs> well, no, I'm just excited. I'm just excited to, to, to be able to share that with you and be able to have that like excitement into it because it's, it is, I've been, we've been keeping it so close to our chest for so long that like uh, to be able to, to, to with, with great gusto and vigor be like, yes, we love this here. Do you like it? Question mark. <laughs> right. Yeah. And be able to do that. It's just, it's crazy. It's, I don't know. It's a mix of emotions. So yeah, that's, that's super exciting. <laughs> well, Dude, thank you so much for for being on the show. I'm really excited to see how it does. Uh, how long is the Kickstarter running for? It's going to run 28 days, 28 so days. Um, we have four weeks to get this done. Yes, so 28 so, days later, um, we have we'll, some time. Uh, have an idea. And if you if you don't have the means now, but you might later, that's okay. And if you just want to come in at a digital level and then um, bump stuff up later down the road when we go into the pledge management, then that's fine too. We we have. We have a set of minis that is involved um, at some point, and there will there well again depending on how we do with stretch goals, you might see some more cool stuff down the road. So, super awesome, super awesome. Well, uh, we will we will call that a wrap. Except, folks, don't forget that if you are a Patreon backer, hang around at the end of this episode after the outro music. We're going to enter the zone of truth with Ivan, and we're going to talk about whatever I happen to think of in the next two minutes. And it should be fun. So if you're a Patreon backer, patreon.com slash rule for persuasion, make sure you're subscribed to your special link so you can check that out. And that part of the show is brought to you by Smuggler's Coffee, who I love talking about because I love drinking their coffee. I had too many mugs today and I'm on a bit of a jitter high, which is, uh, in my mind, the sign of good coffee. So check out their awesome nerd-themed barrel-aged coffee at store.smugglerscoffee.com. They are also friends of the show. You know what? Actually, uh, Dave from Smuggler's has been on twice. So you either have to go hey, kill Dave or come on you again. You got to make badges for these people is what you got to do. Right, right. Like achievement levels or uh, or like an MLM level maybe. Then then I'll start having you bring guests into your downstream. That's how I'll make sure I always have people to interview. Right. Yeah, that's one idea. But anyway, guys, like I said, hang around for that bit if you're a Patreon backer. If you're not, consider it because uh, I think it's pretty cool. And make sure you check out the Kickstarter for Altered Carbon because it is going to be awesome. Can't wait to see the game and everything that comes from it. Um, make sure you follow us on the social media at Roll Persuasion on Twitter and on Instagram. You can email me if you want, andrew at rollforpersuasion.com. I promise I will answer if you are nice. Maybe even if you're not nice. We'll see. But until next time, or for some of you uh, in just a minute, make sure that you guys are having fun and enjoying your games. 